Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, bonsoir, wherever you may be in the world and whatever time of day it is. This is Ghost Chronicles International, and clearly I'm not New England's Van Helsink. He's been involved in a catastrophic two-hour car chase around Boston, we understand. Um, so he won't be joining us tonight. Actually, he's poorly sick, as indeed am I. And uh, I'm joined tonight by an even better co-host, the Blonde Bombshell we've borrowed from uh, The Next Generation, <laughs> Anne Kerrigan. Oh, thank you, Steve. It's, it's nice to be pleasure. here. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure for me, too. Yeah. And we, we have a guest, and because I'm sick, but Anne isn't, and Ron's driving around in a catastrophic car chase somewhere. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the paparazzi. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You see, this is what happens when you're New England's own Van Helsing. That's right. You step into a Hertz rent-a-car. <laughs> the paparazzi are there. <laughs> but we do have a guest. We have a paranormal, a fellow paranormal investigator. That makes three of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my side of the ocean tonight, Mark English, a well-known name here in the UK. Um, good evening. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, and Good evening, Steve. We've we've worked before, haven't we, Mark? Oh, gosh, how long have I known you? Probably about <laughs> 15 years, a bit longer. Yeah, oh, oh, that reminds me, before I forget and get shouted at by another acquaintance of ours, Norrie. Um, oh, she, she wants to know, do you still have the original footage of the um, the event we shot at Norrie's mum's house? I have everything I've ever shot since 1989. So I, what she type... would love to have a copy of it. Uh, that might be a little bit difficult, but I have a conversation I have to have with her because it's all on yeah, tape and we're all, out, we're all on SD cards now. So I need yeah. to find out where that is. But yes, I still have Hello, we've all got dogs. Except me, I've got two cats. Mark, oh, cats <clears throat> now you've been around a long time, nearly as long as me and nowhere near as long as... Oh, Steve, you're the governor. You're the governor. <laughs> well, don't tell Ron that. Um, <laughs> so Ron. What, got, what got you into this? Um, curiosity, really, more than anything else. I always think there's more to this than this material world that we see around us. Um, it is an absolutely fascinating subject. Um so I've always been, I think the the thing that got me into it was really the, do you remember the old, this is one for people in the UK, the old Unexplained magazine oh, yeah. in the, oh, in the yeah. 1980s. I have a full set upstairs, still in the folders. Oh, how fabulous. I mean, such a beautifully produced magazine as well. Um, most people say, I should oh, say this was, to, for our American listeners, this was a part work that came out, God, it must be 40 something years ago must now. Must be about that, mustn't it? Yeah. Um, it was one of these weekly part works that built into an encyclopedia of the unknown and the paranormal. It covered everything in glossy, lurid detail. Oh, it's um, so beautifully produced. The images were fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 
So anyway, sorry, I was digressing just for our American. Um, yeah, don't so, have a copy on their shelves of the unexplained. And I've always been like, think I've always been interested in things that are unexplained um, uh, since I was a kid, really. But that rat really sort of kicked it off for me. And most people say because I saw Ghostbusters, but that, but, uh, that did a little bit. But um, <laughs> and well, also Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Yeah, that's Sorry, the Kieran. I was going to say that's the Kieran O'Keefe line, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, well, I I never heard a ghost till I saw Ghostbusters. Oh really? <laughs> and I, yeah, and I think um, be, yeah. Yeah. Which Ghostbuster would you have been, Mark? Um. Oh, I'm sorry to be a bit obvious, Benkman. <laughs> what the womanizer? Yeah, I think that that the first twenty minutes of Ghostbusters is some of the most perfect comedy I've ever seen. I really oh. think it is absolutely superb. Yes, when he's zapping, zapping yeah. the kid. <laughs> You know, I've always seen myself more as an Egon. Ah, okay. Okay. Very I can see that as well. Yes. Drawn towards Egon. You know, the antisocial one. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I know, but our listeners don't, that in addition to your investigating activities, you hmm. you spend quite a bit of time both sides of the camera. Well, uh, and yeah, which we alluded to before and made your own series of videos. Yes, that's back in my old. I had a yeah. team called Spiral Paranormal. Um, actually, clock right the way. Yeah. Back. Actually, remember, Steve, I only saw you about six. No, last September at the ASAP conference. That's very right. briefly, very briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah Spiral Paranormal. We, we we went from about 2007 to about 2016, 17. Still friends with everybody, but. Um, the old days, and I've just remastered all our old episodes and put them on my YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, great. We've done some great investigations over the years. Just a lot of fun, really. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I was looking at your YouTube channel this afternoon because uh, I'm kind of a last minute drop in. <laughs> oh, and, uh, you are never a last minute. Oh, no, not at all. Not oh. at all. But you've got quite a plethora of videos. Uh, on a little bit of everything, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at my main channel, which is, I mean, the old my old channels and my old paranormal channels I don't use anymore. Mm. I've remastered everything and put it all on my new channel, which is Mark English. That's me. Hello. Um, and Hello. Yeah. I'm usually going around some old dusty old church in England somewhere or looking at a bit of history. Uh, mm. But I do still touch on the paranormal. And as I say, I'm remastering a lot of my old paranormal episodes mm-hmm. um, to make them a bit more t- 20, 2023. Because right. uh, they're all shot on tape, but now you know we don't. We use cards and SD cards and that kind of thing. Oh, um, yes. But yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I'm quite happy with the channel. I like I like that sort of history and paranormal slightly inter intertwined, which I think a lot of people um, into the paranormal do like a bit of history as well that goes with it. Mm-hmm. I think I think you two are singing from the same hymn book here because Anne. I don't know if you're aware, but Anne produces. Um, well, works in television, but yes. produces her own uh, series for Ghost Chronicles, uh, Cemetery Tripping. Oh. <laughs> yes. Which, which for, the, for the British listeners, doesn't mean falling over in a cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> because whenever you say cemetery tripping over here, it's the kind of thing you do over our wonky gravestones. You uh, just... Yep. Which we've all done. Come on, we've all done. We've all done. We've all, we've all, done, we've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> and you all, do you know, when you do it, do you apologise to the person you've just 
tripped over there. <laughs> yes, I have done that, Steve. Yes, it just comes do. out. It just <laughs> happens. Yeah, oops, respect, so, really. Sorry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write to the council and complain about your headstone later. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I do love a good a good cemetery. That is my favorite place to be. So what is what is the attraction with cemeteries, people? Why 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 because I, I also, you know, visit cemeteries. <laughs> but what is the attraction of these places? Well, who should start? Mark? Well, I I actually just like walking around and reading the tombstones when they're eligible, you know, Obviously, in England, they can go right back to the 15, 1600s mm. when tombstones started coming in, into fashion. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, just reading the, reading the inscriptions and that. I went to – this won't mean anything to our American viewers, unfortunately, but a very famous British comedian went to uh, Spike Milligan's grave very recently down on the south coast. Um, <laughs> uh, wonderful. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting reading the people's lives, how long they lived, what they did. Um, it's fascinating. What do you think, Anne? I love the art, the artwork, mm-hmm. and, and that's how I totally regard, uh, you know, what is on the, the top of the stone, the tympanum. That's the thing that drives me, that, that sucks me in, uh, is the carving, because it's, it's, it's just so incredible that it was just done with hammer and chisel mm-hmm. and... Um, it's it's amazing. So that's that's what hooks me. But also what I really find interesting is when it tells how they died on the stone. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my favorite thing. <laughs> we don't get that so much over here, do we? Do we, Steve? No, uh, it's very. I mean, obviously, war graves are fairly obvious. Um, but yeah, beyond that, um, no, it doesn't. For, uh, we don't tend to mention the I mean, the, there is a modern tendency. There are some modern graves where, you know, if if they if they were killed in some sort of uh, horrific or criminal fashion, that's sometimes mentioned or alluded to. Mm-hmm. Um, but not not on anything, you know, sort of 40, 50 years and older. Mm-hmm. Um, they just. Uh, went to sleep is quite a common one. Yes. Right. Um, fell off a cliff. Um, you know, it. They tend to be fairly romantic, um, <laughs> and, and you know, they were ninety-seven and fell asleep. <laughs> it's it's some sometimes. I mean, there's not. It's not very common here, but I have seen all kinds. I've seen struck by lightning, uh, wow. perished. Uh, it, a lot of, uh, because we're not that far from the coast here, a lot of, you know, the sea captains uh, perished at sea, fell, there's one in Boston, uh, fell overboard. Um, wow. <laughs> and this is really interesting. I had no idea this was the case with gravestones in America. And I've yeah. been to America quite a lot, quite a few uh-huh. times, but that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. There's, there's a lot of, um, there's one in, uh, well, here in, in Worcester, and the person casually fell from a bridge, uh, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> casually, casually fell. fell. It literally says that on the gravestone. Wow. 
Instead of saying they jumped to their death, uh, you know. They were just leaning nonchalantly on the... Yeah. What odd wording. They just fell off. I don't know. <laughs> A gust but I, of wind I see came it. along and carried them over. <laughs> Casually. Well, Casually. <laughs> it is intriguing. It is intriguing. I'm, and I'm actually picking away. I, someday I'm going to do a book about all these weird things that I've run across. But There are several books already um, over here that cover some of the um, more bizarre gravestones. Mm-hmm. Um, some are, mostly they're carvings, but because the British aren't terribly good at witty tombstones. Um, <laughs> no, that's true. You know, there's a few around. You know, there is the archetypal, see, I told you I wasn't well. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, you know, people, the, the, I've seen a couple of those. Um, I mean, for me, the, the attraction of graveyards, seeing as I posed the question originally, it, it, it's, it's a combination of two things. One, it's visual. The, I, I, I tend to like the sort of uh, wonkiness the gothicness, the overgrown ivy, the lichens, mm. the stone, mm-hmm. um, you know. So there is the visual aspect, but is also uh, for me is some of the crazy names from the past. Oh, definitely. You know, some of these old names is one of my favourites. Which um, I last time I was in Edinburgh, I I went hunting for. He's in Mary King's. Uh, sorry, he's in uh, Greyfriars Churchyard. Oh right, yeah. Um, and it's one of the plaque memorials on the wall, and it's um, to a to a, a father to his son, and the son's name was Wardrobe. What? <laughs> Wardrobe. Wardrobe. Wardrobe Campbell. Oh. Hmm. Now I don't know whether that's you know the, the modern tendency we name our children after where they were conceived, possibly. <laughs> <brings them on. laughs> you know, we've got Brooklyn, um, possibly ah. Wardrobe. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I mean, you know, that's I, the best go, name ever. Well, I don't know because think of think of was it Dickens's daughter? Was that Lettuce? You're sure. kidding. Nope, his daughter was called Lettuce. Lettuce, and it was spelt as in the the salad vegetable. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on! No, oh, you're, you're Google it. Cranky. Google it. Oh, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> You think David Bowie? Lettuce, you, your dinner's ready, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, there's I've, there's, I've, there's uh, another one um, that I've encountered, which I thought at first, genuinely thought, was a dog's grave because it was Rover. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Terrific. Person. <laughs> so, you know, there is that sort of slightly com- comedic aspect to some of the older names. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you know, it's primarily visual. I I just find it sort of I, I don't know. It's kind of gothic, creepy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Mark, have you ever investigated any cemeteries? No, um, because I haven't uh, either. <laughs> because, no, I, I have a very quite unique outlook. Of, well, I won't say unique. Um, I I. If you want to use I don't, a word I don't really use much anymore is the word haunted. I, I don't personally think anywhere is haunted. I think it's, it's basically everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said, I've been saying quite a lot recently, I did it at the ASAP conference last year saying the same thing. I think an old 
cemetery or an old Tudor building is no more active than your local Sainsbury's or your local supermarket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think it's everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So I now that's why I don't really go on investigations anymore. I think my, unless it's a historic site and I'm interested in the history right. and, and don't get me wrong, they're absolutely fantastic fun to do with, with good people. Um, I just think it's everywhere. I work in a, a historic theatre, old theatre, um, and with quite a few reported um, activities going on. Mm. But I don't mm-hmm. get scared or anything like that. But but even then, I don't. We've got a Sainsbury's, which is one of our local supermarkets, across just across the road, mm-hmm. and that could be just as active as our 150-year-old theatre. Do, do you know what I mean? I would agree with that. I've always been perplexed as to why ghosts would haunt graveyards. Anyway, there was that. That's a very good question, Steve. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it's like there isn't much. You know, you're dead. <laughs> you've you've moved on from your body. Well, why? Um, I mean, you might you might want to pop back and see how it's decaying. You know, has my <laughs> has my arm fallen off yet? Have the worms? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That? I've always wondered that. Why would people pop <laughs> back know, and say, "Oh, look at the state of me now"? You know. Yeah, <laughs> but. I mean, they obviously do, because then afterwards they rise up from the grave and presumably go about their business. Yeah. <laughs> End up in a Michael Jackson video, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, th- I think I think way. that's just a, a throwback to the to the the gothic horror movie. Um, oh, sure. And, yeah. Although if you go back further, we've got jo- Dr. John D and his. um Antics in graveyards, raising the dead and talking to mm-hmm. them. You know, you've got those old Tudor woodcuts showing him in a graveyard summoning the dead from the forth from their graves. Mm. So it does clearly go back further than that. But when it became, when did it become a popular pastime, mm-hmm. um, summoning the dead from their graves? I mean, it was a it was a cardinal crime here in the UK. Yes, you could was, be put yeah. to death for it for communicating with the dead. Oh my goodness! I think a few mediums. I would like to apply that too but <laughs> did i say that out loud i'm so sorry oh dear i, I, I was once asked by a well-known medium of you know what's my problem with mediums i said i have no problem with mediums at all just with you bell oh zing <laughs> Steve and I have worked with a lot of mediums over the years. I, 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 I'm very, yeah. We have, we have. Um, do you know, I, I, a lot of my friends are mediumistic, psychic, or they tell me they are because we have a, an understanding. They can tell me they are. I can't prove that they're not. And I, we accept that. There you go. Quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always have found that, I've got to say this very carefully, uh, the they are much more receptive receptive to other ideas uh, and to scientific uh, opinions and views than your average sort of common or garden paranormal investigator who tend to subscribe to fairly fixed set of beliefs. Normally, what Zach has been doing the week before um, or which piece of technology he's been using and they are fairly unshakable in those opinions that they have mm. and that they are right. You know, well, I know what I saw. I know what I heard. And who the, are you to tell me what to how to do things? Um, whereas me, those people who are mediumistic, psychic, spiritual tend to be much more open and receptive to new ideas and approaches and methods. 
That's even very when they're quite, even when they're quite, you know, sort of contradictory to what their beliefs might be. Mm. I've got a lot of um, a lot of my friends who are what I call a, a, a phrase I've coined is called raw psychics, which people have had it since they were kids. They're not professional mediums, nothing like that. And I find they are, more, as Steve just said, more open minded to new things. There's no dogma attached to it. No spiritualist school uh, dogma attached. They just come out with stuff. Oh, I'm getting this. If we're going to play, they don't get anything. They don't get anything. You know, it's that nice raw, investigative, investig. I can't pronounce that word. Investigation <laughs> mode. But as Steve said, that you know, they're also very open for for new things. They're trying new things. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Mm. Mm. I think when I look at a lot of professional mediums, and it's still the same of, you know, apart from all the uh, spiritual memes they like to post all the time, um, it's all about. Oh, we can give you a lovely reading. Come along, you know. And with a raw psychic, if they get it wrong, they don't care, you know, because they've got nothing <laughs> to prove. Uh-huh. But mediums, it, it, professional mediums, obviously, it's, it's sometimes their livelihood. And, and there's some very good ones out there. I'm sure I know. Um, but also, I, I, I look at others and go, hmm, not sure, not sure. <laughs> In the course of your investigating, do do you have when you had your team? Do you did you have a medium on the team? Yeah, we had a lovely guy, I think Steve might have met him, a guy called Alan, who became psychic. Uh, He's a bit of an older guy. Yes, I think I may have met him. Yeah, he passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Um, uh, And we lost, we got back in contact, we lost contact, and we got back in contact just before he died. after he died. Yeah, Mm -hmm. after he died, yeah. Um, And he was, he suddenly was getting psychic abilities, it was quite unusual. Normal guy, liked to drink, you know, suddenly getting all these psychic ability in his early 50s. Out of the blue, wow. and he's obviously changed his life. And he was a remarkable psychic. Once again, a raw psychic. And he was in our team for a couple of years. My friend Mandy, who I still see, um, she's a raw psychic as well. She's she and she's come out with some incredible stuff that we've had backed up. Um, so I've known her a number of years. And she's had it once again since she was a kid, but doesn't shout out about it. I didn't hmm. even know she was psychic until about two years into our friendship. <laughs> oh. so, yeah, and I find that a little bit more legitimate. And they don't just come out, oh, yes, I'm psychic. They, oh, yeah. I discover it later on. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, there is something that has changed in the last 20 years, because if you wind the clock back to the pre-Most Haunted days, when it was just um, Arthur C. Clarke, um, and, you know, very few television programmes, and they tended to be documentary genre anyway. Yeah. Um, Psychics didn't tend to involve themselves very much in in haunted houses and paranormal investigating. Mm-hmm. There were there are a handful of of examples in the archives where a spiritualist group uh, went along, but with the advent of bringing Derek in on the show, Most Haunted, you suddenly see an explosion of medium led teams or teams having a resident psychic. Mm-hmm. Or somebody within the team, you know, a, a prominent member of the team. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something very, very, uh, well, relatively new, 20 years, um, that that was never a, a feature of, of uh, paranormal investigation. In fact, my own team, Parascience, um, I say mine, I'm only part of it. Governance. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a very small team now. And very widely scattered. <laughs> mm. um, we never we we never had a, any resident psychic. We never had anybody uh, in the team who was sensitive or mediumistic. But we did 
from time to time have a um, we called upon the services of a, a very lovely man that we we uh, made the acquaintance of a friend of Billy Roberts. Oh, uh, Billy. Who, oh yeah. who, Billy's a notable psychic who passed away recently. Yeah, but, lovely man. We had a few conversations actually. Yeah, but uh, Billy introduced us to this other this 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 uh, other guy, Carl. Um, Carl, sadly, he's passed away now. But we would call upon Carl periodically, and I would describe him in the same way that you talked uh, before. There was there was no airs and graces about him. He was the raw deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't make a big feature of his mediumistic abilities, and he was often wrong about things. <laughs> uh, but. On the occasions he was right, he was uncannily laser accurate correct. That's amazing. Um, and he it wasn't something he, you know, he, he couldn't do it to order. Um, the method we used is we would send him off on his own around a place and he'd come back and tell us what he thought about it. And on one occasion he I he he gave us a description of what he thought or what how he felt the building looked. Uh, 50 60 years earlier which there was no evidence for and we we just made a note of it and it was some two years later um when we discovered in, the, in an old archive that hadn't been looked at for about 10 years um confirmation of what what carl had been saying but we're we're coming up awfully close to an ad break, so I don't want to ask anything long or complicated <laughs> because we have to remind people that we have Patreons and the show is brought to you by the letters Z and the numbers four and seven. <laughs> Can I follow on for something from what you just said, Steve? Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. It's very interesting what you say. I mean, many years ago, I was helping out our team leading a group uh for one of the um i don't like the word ghost hunting i cringe i, I wince when i would use the word ghost hunting but it was a ghost hunting uh um, i like event. the word ghost hunting i don't know i don't well we'll argue about that after the okay. <laughs> <laughs> um and we were walking around the initial walk around with the with with the group and all the people who paid to come and come on the group and the professional medium there was doing his stuff and i was with alan the guy i mentioned earlier on he came along as well with me and we walked into this one chamber. I can't remember. I think it was Coal House Fort down on the Essex coast. And the mediums walking through and spent a good four or five minutes coming out of all this stuff without even almost taking a breath, <laughs> you know. And this happened. And this, oh, yeah, this guy's coming. Blah, 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 blah. And then I, said, and I looked around to my friend Alan. And I said, Alan, what are you getting? He said, well, I can't speak for what he's getting. I'm just getting some bloke walking about. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no we, airs we and graces. As Steve was saying, no airs and graces. That's it. Well, uh, tonight's show is brought to you by the letters Z and the number eight. And uh, if you're a member of our patrons, head over to wherever that is and join. And something to do with the Messier Gallant Law Firm. Yes. Sponsor us. Um, and anyway, we'll be back after the ad break. Uh, and a word from our sponsors and some crazy adverts and music and stuff. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge.
Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. To the second half of the first half of tonight's Two Hours Ghost Chronicles double edition. This is the international version, and unfortunately tonight New England's own Van Helsink can't be joining us because he's been involved in a near-catastrophic <laughs> two-hour chase around somewhere or other, holding a duke and a duchess, I understand. So, <laughs> co-hosting admirably is the Blonde Bombshell, who we've borrowed from The Next Generation. And we have a special guest tonight, Mark English. And surprisingly, an English paranormal investigator, filmmaker and raconteur. Um, <laughs> and all-round good egg. Oh, Yes, because we're all jolly over here. Absolutely. And I'm going to I'm going to actually ignore our guest and go direct to Anne for the next question because oh! and and you have to get more sense. <laughs> yeah, well, another all round good egg, as we oh, say over here. All right. Um, because you had your own paranormal team as well, didn't you? I did back in the day. England, uh, did you have psychics? Uh we did. Hmm, kind of, kind of, sort of would be the answer to that. <laughs> um, okay. My, you... On the original team, my niece, Sarah, uh, she was not really psychic or mediumistic, but she would get feelings. I guess you would call her sensitive. Uh, she was on the original team. And then a few years in, we would often have my uh, co-team leader, Mike Markowitz, his wife, Paula, was uh, a psychic. She would come with us. So in and out, off and on. (laughs) And I mean, they were not, you know, Paula was not like a professional, I would say, again, raw. We'll we'll put that term out there. And I always thought that she did a very good job. And, you know, I'm going to believe her. It's, there's nothing in it 
for her to be, you know, making up. Let's put it that way. That's interesting, Anne. As you say, they're not, they've got nothing to prove. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. On, on, well, actually, I was going to... Uh, because what I found is often... that you, I think there, there is a very um, easy to discern difference between the raw medium and this new paranormal uh, investigating community of mediums that have appeared in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, what, what was it we used to say? Um, the investigator is there to look for the paranormal. The medium is there to sell you a £20 an hour reading with mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that's so true. Oh, well, oh. <laughs> it is though, isn't it? Because yeah. they'll come up with stuff like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm sensing there's a Victorian lady over there, but she's not associated with this building. She's related to, um, she's oh. here because of that lady there. But oh. we can't go into that now. But here's my card. Oh no. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell or, you something. Um, and one thing I have noticed recently. Back in the day when you, you know, we, I've been on Facebook for ages um, and when back in our spiral paranormal team, go investigate, we meet new people um, and you come friends on Facebook and they were psychics, of course, you know, we met them on investigations. But even now, I'm still friends with them now, you know, 10, 15 years later, I might not have spoken to them, but I look at their status when it flags up. There's no evidence or even that they're still that they were ever psychic. They don't mention it at all anymore because that hype's sort of slightly gone. There's a lot of people yeah, back yeah. in the day, I think, because of certain TV programs, thought they were psychic. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but what you have now that's replaced them is this sort of uh, tidal wave tsunami of uh, readings via Facebook or readings via social media. Yes, I've seen quite a lot of that recently. You, know, that's interesting. you give me money, um, I'll read through your Facebook profile. And then I'll give you a reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How yeah. convenient. I, I sense that you have small children around you, and you live in a house with a green door, and you you had spaghetti bolognese for your tea yesterday. <laughs> wow, that's so accurate. That's amazing. I mean, I, I sense energies because I, I do a lot of dowsing. Mm-hmm. Done it for many for about twenty five years. That's but I'm you know it's like what for people who are done a dowsing is like water divining. Uh, with with rods but I, I look for earth energies um, and I get a little whoosh in places when I'm least expecting it but that's about as far as it goes you know mm-hmm. um, it's interesting yeah people always have to make a quick buck aren't they <laughs> <laughs> so it's, Mark it's interesting oh, you talk about dowsing um, because uh, it's just reminded me of a funny story we we our team went off to the island of Anglesey which is oh beautiful area eons old you know it's druid it, it is the original home of the druids mm-hmm. and these are mm-hmm. these aren't druids of mythology these are druids of history um and they were all walled up there and they were bearing their bottoms and <laughs> shouting at the roman army and the roman army waited for the tide to go out swam across to the island and killed them all oh um it's a bit brutal but there we are uh, so we were on Anglesey and we were one of our team um, who uh, was very new age, very spiritual in his uh, outlook on life, um, decided to do a spot of dowsing. And he, we chose as it, or he chose as his first um, subject 
a stone circle, a henge, which of which on Anglesey there are several. Yeah. Um, and he was dousing through this and picking up the ley line energies and following the, you know, and pointing and indicating and all manner of, uh, you know, antics. The best way to describe it, because we all knew and he didn't know that the stone circle that he was dousing had been only been built 15 years earlier. Oh. Um, by as an art installation by the supermarket next door <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant there's a flip side to that though steve because uh, in surrey where i live which is the county for and as a county below london um there was a modern uh, stone circle built um in south surrey back in the mid 1990s by some druids um so it's a very new stone circle but i'm going to be going there soon and just to see if I can pick up any earth energy currents to work out if they actually put it there for a reason that they well, sent some energies know, there. That's what that's what um, Ken, the the guy who was saying, because we were all sniggering and going, "This is only fifty oh, swine. years old." You know, <laughs> they're, they're cemented into the ground. It's an art installation. We're just we just threw a coat over the plaques that you didn't see it. Oh. Um, and he said, no, they were drawn to put it there by ancient energies. And so, yeah, that. interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was what he said. Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough to contradict him. Mm. Right. Um, he he was an interesting chap. Uh, <laughs> I remember when we arrived on Anglesey and uh, we we set up our little tented village and uh, there was some consternation from Ken as he went to his car because he'd only brought the inner from his tent. Oh. No canvas outer, no poles. Uh-oh. Just, just the cotton inner. Never, But it was a lovely, you know, it was a lovely balmy summer's um, week. We were there. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He was comfortable. He went to sleep. He woke up in the morning and he, he came across and said, uh, could I, uh, does anybody have any boiling water so I can make a cup of tea? Being English, it's what you do. <laughs> and we went, yeah, help yourself. He said, could uh, anybody got a, a spare tea bag? <laughs> so he said, well, yeah, there's, uh, help yourself. Uh, does anybody have a cup? Cup? <laughs> <laughs> He came well prepared, I quality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there was the question, Ken, would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> Is that what you're angling for? <laughs> and then the classic, would you mind if I popped um, one of, uh, I've got a box of eggs in the car, can I put them in the kettle? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, uh, no, Ken, you can't boil your eggs in the kettle that we're making our tea with. Ew, no. <laughs> no, that's a whole bunch of that's a whole bunch of wrong. No. <laughs> there is. No. I mean, there are so many stories about poor Ken. Um, and how he set fire to the sand dunes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know those do you have instant disposable barbecues in America? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, these are like a tinfoil tray with a few briquettes of yes, charcoal. Yes, yeah, yeah. They sell them. Usually yeah. in the foresty areas. By yeah, the they, beach. They, they sell they sell them in our, our garage forecourts here in the UK um, <laughs> and supermarkets, and and basically it's a tinfoil baking dish right. with a few briquettes and a little bit of um, 
wire mesh over the top of it mm-hmm. uh wrapped in cardboard mm-hmm. well you know the idea is you you apply according to the instructions you apply a match to the piece of um naphtha soap paper it bursts into flames you wait a while for the briquette charcoal to catch and then you cook your food there you go and ken had brought along one of these and he laid it down in the sand dunes and amongst all this tussocky grass oh god followed the instructions perfectly except Uh one remove from the cardboard wrapping oh that would be a good idea which promptly caught fire and set fire to everything else oh my god (laughs) (laughs) he was a legend i miss him terribly (laughs) he does sound a character goodness so mark you've worked a lot with uh energy lines i mean you mentioned the dowsing mm-hmm. and um as when i was just perusing you know kind of your bio before the show you did a lot with crop circles and energy lines can you tell us a little bit about that oh yeah i mean crop circle that was back in the early 90s we started getting into that so i've been doing investigating the paranormal you know well before the explosion as steve was saying earlier on mm-hmm. uh, in our 20 years mm-hmm. um yeah crops crop circles are interesting um they're, they are man-made they're all man-made so he's all or person-made let's be 20 2023 um but, <laughs> but the story doesn't add stop there uh there's more to it but i don't really investigate that anymore i mean that's that's sort of part and parcel of the time we were doing it when the explosion mm-hmm. first happened mm-hmm. um but yeah um i've done a lot of work <coughs> with dowsing oh a little doggy um a, a place called avebury which is the biggest stone circle in the world it's about 16 miles south of stonehenge um, and it's in powerful energy, Earth Energy Center. Um, and we've been doing a lot of work uh, there over the last 10 years. Is this tracking? I mean, you need triple lifetime to track all the Earth energy currents around the world. I don't think there's anything mysterious about them. They're just electromagnetic energies that people can get sensitive to, which I think the ancients did have that ability that we've probably lost now in a modern urban society. Um, but I think we're trying to rekindle it a little bit now, um, especially through that word spirituality and what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit sensitive to it. Um, it's just a little buzz I get in my head, um, especially when I'm dowsing. I use the same dowsing rods I've used for God, 25 years, um, so that they're sort of personal to me. Yeah, hmm. that's I love Avebury. Absolutely love it. Um, Avebury is my home away from home, as I call it. Yeah. Going there 30 <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> in in the days when before it became really popular and the police got involved. Um, we would we would often go down there for the midsummer solstice and the midwinter solstice. Um, yeah, I did the summer solstice in two thousand and five, and it was ex- incredible experience. We were, prob- we were probably there, um, yeah. myself <laughs> and I. We, we used to travel down for the because you couldn't get near Stonehenge because oh, God. it was full of full of faux druids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so the those of us in the know we used to migrate off to avebury and uh, the nearby silbury hill um and uh avebury is a as you say mark it's a very very special place oh it's absolutely uh, I, I i just feel i'm coming home when i go there and also from a paranormal point of view this this is a whole other conversation we'd probably have to do some other time but what go the phenomena that goes on around that landscape and a little bit further out into wiltshire yeah is way beyond spirit, ghosts and spirits. And well, I mean, you're right on top of Warminster and all the big UFO yeah. flaps. And- oh, we're talking, I've, I mean, I'll just 
skip the service here because I wasn't there, but it's my one of my best friends. They were doing a lot of night watches. And this is about 2012. And um, there's a spot um, near Eastfield, which is not out, not far from Avebury, where a lot of Steve saying a lot of UFO sightings have been seen. And they're out on a night watch, um, all sensing this is about 12 people. So we're talking multiple witnesses, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was a case of portals opening and beings coming out of these portals. And I've been uh-huh. told this story so many times. One one of the people I know was so suddenly shocked and scared, actually lashed out at a being who did vaporise in front of him. And even when they took me down to, a couple of years later, took me down to this spot where it all happened. Obviously, that information is in my head already. So, I'm, But it was quite an eerie place to go to. And I did think, mm, there's something going on here. Really, I say. But yeah, that, that's just a tip, tip of the iceberg. Absolute tip of the iceberg of what happened around Avery. It, I mean, it, it is, it, if you're ever, you know, anybody who's planning to visit the UK, if you have the slightest interest in history and the supernatural rather than the paranormal, I would um, give, give Stonehenge a miss. Head <laughs> down the road a little ways to Avebury. Yeah, it, get Stonehenge. You, oh, you, I went there 2020 during the silly lockdown um, or just after it. And the crowds up there you can't go anywhere near the stones i actually feel yeah. no energy there whatsoever absolutely mm. zero well it's, but then it's, you go it's down it's to Avebury, like it blows a, my mind theme park Stone, stonehenge is like a theme park oh, oh that's absolutely. terrible whereas you know Avebury, as mark said earlier the largest stone circle in western europe um it's so vast in in, in fact it actually has an entire village inside it in the middle yeah. of the of the stone circle and the red um, lion pub the only pub in the in it within a stone circle and the, oh, the the earth banks the earth revetments are are vast mm-hmm. huge great sort of monolith constructed mm-hmm. eons ago in time um so I mean, it's, a vast, it's an absolute vast landscape it's not just a stone circle you've got so, I mean, you've Spring. got the white horses yeah white horse you've got uh west kennett long barrow uh yeah. so steve says silbury hill uh, the Ridgeway Ancient Trackway Pathway, which is uh, probably the ancient, the most ancient trackway in England, goes back like ten thousand years. It's oh, a goodness. really incredibly powerful place. Wow, I've never heard of it. Yeah, not a lot of people haven't, which I find bizarre. You know, it, it's all it open access on as the well. Tour- it isn't on the on the tourists. You know, when you go down into London and you see the the tourists from Europe, Japan, America, and there are all these coach trips, day trips out to all historic sites stonehenge is on the list but avebury avebury isn't but no, no, avebury is very popular don't get me wrong it is very popular but it doesn't get the hordes as to yeah. the theme park that's uh, stonehenge as steve just said oh my goodness but, you know, <clears throat> the night wouldn't be complete without a funny avebury story uh, oh. this, took place, this took place one <laughs> army uh, summer summer's solstice eve and Anne and I had got there nice and early. We got we got parked and we we'd been in the Red Lion and had a drink and had wandered out into the stones. And in amongst the stones, it's, it's pure theatre. Uh, you have fire uh, fire dancers and fire breathers and drummers and all manner of you know people wearing yeah. antlers and <laughs> very, very pagan, very pagan, incredibly yeah. pagan. And at one end of, or one side of the stone circle, there were a group of druids gathered round their small portable 
uh, shrine or altar. <laughs> and at the opposite end, of, opposite side of the circle, was another group um, of disparate druids or renegade druids. Renegade. Gypsy they druids. Were <laughs> they, they were gathered around their own portable altar or mm -hmm. shrine. Mm -hmm. Both portable altars or shrines, one was a wheel-along um, garden barbecue, <laughs> and, the other, and the other was made out of a hostess trolley, which is oh, kind of a domestic, uh, uh, For uh, I don't know if they have them in America. Do you have hostess trolleys in America? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of got like a, a plate warmer on the top and a plate to store, places to store. Uh, food. Very 1980s, isn't it? <laughs> incredibly. 1960s. I oh, 1960s, yeah. <laughs> so, there's this one group with a painted and decorated barbecue one side. There's another group of druids with this painted and decorated and be-antlered be and bejeweled uh, <laughs> hostess trolley. And they came to blows. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> and a, a, a small fight ensued and the local constabulary who, you know, it's, it's a normally a very peaceful affair. Uh, so so the, the, the two local police officers stepped in and uh, warned them to stay apart. Mm -hmm. As one of the druids offered the officer a spliff. Oh, blimey. A what? <laughs> a spliff. A, a, rolled, up, a rolled up. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> That was brilliant. Your new yeah. son. <laughs> exactly. That was, they were the very words he said. <laughs> For you, sir, the solstice is over. I'd like you to accompany me to this van and climb inside. For you, sir, the solstice is over. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Although, to be honest, Mark, we used to prefer going in midwinter because... Many of these big monuments like Stonehenge, Avebury, it's now believed that they're actually midwinter aligned. Mm -hmm. uh, I've read about that too. Aligned. That's interesting. Yes, I've read that about that too. And, uh, you know, out here in West Wales, we have Gorse Flower, which is uh, because Stonehenge is made of the Priscelli blue stones or one of the That's rings right, of yes. Stonehenge. And I live five miles from the Priscelli Hills and can actually see the quarry or the mountain from which these stones were supposedly gathered. And there is a stone circle up there made of Priscelli bluestone, which is supposed to be the great grandfather of Stonehenge. Going back to what I was saying, why are these places built where they were? Yeah. Right. Why drag all those stones hundreds of miles? But they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they did, absolutely. They, oh, Avery, all the Avery stones just come from the Marlborough Downs, just down the road. But Stonehenge is a totally different ball game, isn't it? Do you find there's a different atmosphere, a different sense when you're inside one of these big circles? Yes, especially in places like West Kennet Long Barrow, which is an ancient burial mound, which is open access you can get into. Uh, yeah, Swallowhead Spring is very powerful. These, these are on a two energy currents called the Michael and Mary current that were rediscovered in the 1980s by a guy called Hamish Miller. Uh, and there are no, what you call node points where they, with the two energy lines, the yin and yang, male and female, and they cross over. And they cross over in the centre of Avery at the obelisk. Oh. Uh, that's a really powerful point. And also the red line pub actually is quite powerful because they don't really, one of the energy lines goes straight through there and a few of the houses opposite. So, yeah, I mean, I, every time I go to Avery, I'm, 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 I'm feeling that vibe. Mm. I never did. Uh, you know, I, Avery or, or the others... Uh, 
never 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 until we i moved down to west wales and my wife took me out to gorse Vale, this moderate stone circle uh, built of priscelli bluestone the great grandfather <laughs> as i said before and it was quite a it was a breezy bright day it was quite a stiff sort of cold breeze blowing and yet as we walked into the circle everything just fell still and silent oh, wow. Wow. and it Please. remained it remained like that for the entire time we were inside the circle and as we exited and walked across because it's 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 in the middle of a field it's a very marshy field mm-hmm. uh, and as we exited there was the wind huh. that's extraordinary now, it, it could crazy. be a geographical, you know, phenomena mm-hmm. uh, because it's in a sort of bowl between uh, down in, in a valley between hills. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, windy one side of the stone circle and not windy in the middle of the stone circle. Uh, go figure. Because like Steve, I, you know, we're both the same, you know, we like to figure out the other explanation before we yeah. take something unusual. Boring, spoil sports. That we <laughs> I've been called that a few times. No. <laughs> oh, Mark, don't be a spoils ball. It was great. It really uh, happened. I've had that in my job description, mate. Yeah. Professional spoils sport. <laughs> <laughs> the spoiler of dreams. Oh, no. That's 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 uh, quite odd. But really I know odd. from... Because you're not short of your own share of ancient mysteries over in New England because Ron's taken me to a couple... Mm-hmm. Um, and you have your own Stonehenge over there. I have America's Stonehenge. Yes. Oh yes, I'm, I'm, I know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up in Salem, New Hampshire, uh, and that's very interesting. And that's that's uh, all lined up with the the equinox, and you know, at different times of the year, it you you go to specific areas. And it's all supposed to be in alignment with that. It's it's a very cool place. We did a we did a show about that many years ago. So as we're, coming towards, as we're coming towards the end of the hour, uh, Mark, how can people peruse your videos and find out more about you? Um, if they want to, <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> uh, I, I think the best way through is my YouTube channel, which is Mark M A R Q, of course, Mark English on YouTube. Um, it's a lot of mainly it's a lot of history vlogs going around old churches cathedrals i'm planning a trip down to uh, the ancient capital of england winchester in a couple of weeks time and go do some videos from there um so yeah it's me, it's me going around ancient sites and churches uh with a little bit of the paranormal thrown in for good measure as well so yeah uh, mark english on youtube that's nice. um do you want to just give that spelling again mark uh yeah mark m-a-r-q it's M- not M-A-R-K, it's M-A-R-Q, which is a bit sad. Uh, Mark English. Yeah, it's been that way since I was 18, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, Mark English on, on YouTube. <laughs> I go. love okay. it. I've heard of Mark with a C, but never with a Q. Well, the story, I nearly did have a C in my name, but then I uh, someone said, why not try a Q? And it sort of stuck. I like it. <laughs> I've often had been called things with a C in them, but that's a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, Anne, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, what's the future? What's your, what are you going to be up to apart from being grandma? Oh, well, grandma is big in my immediate horizon. Not and camping, I'll wager. Always camping, yes. Yeah. And when yeah. it's nice, when it's nice out. And I do come properly prepared. With a fountain. Uh, <laughs> with a fountain. <laughs> and a nice warm camper. That's the most important part oh, of lovely. camping. 
<laughs> no little, no little tense. Well beyond that, but uh, oh, it, I mean, by by British standards, they 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 live in a. It's like a palace on wheels. Oh well, not quite, but it's yeah. home. It's home. Yeah, I'm Sometimes. fascinated by RV living. I'm very fascinated by. You that. could put you could put several dozen Mexicans in that. Yeah. <laughs> And in fact, you might have to soon. We may have to, uh-huh. but you know, apparently the Americans don't want the jobs, so we'll, <laughs> we'll let the Mexican people come in and they can have the jobs. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> employ the Mexicans to build walls. There you go. Cool. There you go. I've, I've just solved the crisis. Right, we're we're we've oh. just about run out of time, people. If you want to complain about tonight's show, um, <laughs> Facebook. Ghost Chronicles on Facebook. Stay tuned for the next hour, the next generation. Um, I'm off to bed. Mark is off to do sensible, much more sensible things than I. <laughs> I'm off to bed because I got an early start in the morning. Yeah, that's, right. that's the problem. Well, so thank you we'll... so much, Mark. Thank you, Anne. Lovely meeting you. You too. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Ron will have extricated himself from the paparazzi. Good Let's night. Send him my love. <laughs> good night, everybody. It's good night. Good night, Mark. Thank Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.